We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Back-to-back emergency episodes for you. Everyone was like, oh, Cashman, does he know the lockout's over? Is he, is he going to wake up? Where's Cashman? What's Cashman doing? Boom, 1130 at night on Sunday night. I was sleeping soundly. I know you were awake for it, Scott. But Yankees made a, made a deal with the old twinnies, the old twinzos. It started... Which I feel like they always the, trade. Yeah, them. I was going to say, the weekend started or the weekend with the Twins, started with uh, Sonny Gray getting traded over there. Now his favorite catcher and battery mate, Gary Sanchez, is back. They're back together. The the, That's the, the B team is back together. And yeah, Gary Sanchez is, uh, is no longer a New York Yankee. This is something that you and I have been pining for. Kind of sick of the drama. It is what it is. You know, people will... Uh, there's nobody... There are the, the Gary Sanchez... Um, supporters, the, the people that are, the, you know, the, the live or die Gary Sanchez people, there are plenty of them out there, really don't have much to say at this point, now that he's off the team. Because now you can reveal your your truth. You can talk about, but he's not here anymore. It's it's over. There's no bringing him back. Now you can start looking at actual numbers and like how he actually played. And the hype is gone. The, the, the prospect of him returning to you know, uh, 2000 post the second half 2016 form is gone. He is no longer the the guy, the 16 year old kid that we all kept holding out hope for. He's gone. He's part of the Minnesota Twins. He's part of a first round exit. He's now just part of that franchise that is everything that the Minnesota Twins are. So it's over, and I'm happy about that. You know why? Because now we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> And, and and it doesn't have to yes. be a cloud that's that's hanging over the New York Yankees head. And that's exactly what it's been for for years now because of his underperformance, because of all of the storylines around Gary San- Gary Sanchez specifically. And you know, it grew tiresome. And I and I guarantee it grew tiresome as a as a team, as a roster, probably even for him, although I think he carries a lot of the weight of the burden of not playing well because of just, just how he uh, how he executed. I, I will I will be nice and say, but I'm I'm happy it's over. I just don't understand the plan yet. That's my thing. Well, yeah. So just quickly on the Gary Sanchez thing, statistically, the Yankees catching position was 
kind of middle of the pack uh, in the league, which is fine. It's just it was a distraction. Gary Sanchez being the quote-unquote starting catcher who wasn't really the starting catcher was a distraction, and, and that was why I wanted to move on from it in my offseason plans, and I know you had a similar similar feeling there. But quickly, just to the details of this trade, just in case you're unaware, which I don't think anyone listening to this is unaware. The Yankees have traded for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Josh Donaldson and all of Josh Donaldson's money and catcher Ben Rortvet, who looks like Rambo, for Gary Sanchez and Gio Rochella. And this sent a good portion of Yankees Twitter into a frenzy last night, exactly for the reason I think you just touched on. feels incomplete. If this were the only move the Yankees made this offseason, I would say that's a massive failure because this doesn't really make the team any better. You're kind of making a lateral move, I think. In a vacuum, I could see how this trade is slightly upgrading the roster. But if, again, another move has to happen. They have to make another move. And I think it's going to be first base. If another move doesn't happen, then Brian Cashman owes people an explanation for what the F the plan is this offseason. You mentioned that it makes them better. You could, if you look at the... Slightly, slightly, yeah. slightly. Do you think it... I mean, well, hold they, on, hold on, real quick. They didn't have a shortstop. Now they, they have, have a shortstop. Short so and they have a definitive third baseman. That's that's D, DJ Lemay, you ain't going over third base anymore. And it, if you're comparing just Josh Donaldson to Gio Rochella, I think you slightly upgrade there. And I liked Gio Rochella. I thought he could be part of the problem. He was never part of the problem. He, he could have been a he was never Gio Rochella could have been a very nice platoon guy. Sure. But de- defensively. It's kind of a wash, okay? I know everyone loves Gio Rochella's defense, but Josh Donaldson, according to the advanced metrics, was right on par Can with Can he throw Rochella. across the if diamond you want now? To say if you want to say that Gio Rochella is better defensively, okay. But anything that you are losing defensively, you're more than making up for offensively. Because if Josh Donaldson is on the field, he's a flat-out better hitter than Gio Rochella. And so that's what people are pointing to. Oh, you're trading for an older injury-prone third baseman. As if Gio Rochella was Iron Man. The dude was also injured all the time. So you're trading an injury-prone guy for an injury-prone guy who's slightly better. That So if we're just talking about third base, I think they slightly upgraded. They now have a shortstop. Whether you like that shortstop or not, that's up to you. Kiner Falefa is an interesting player. He is the opposite of what this roster is built with, which... To me, it's kind of a oh, it's a good thing, thing. that that right he, there again talking about. I think you have to look at, at some vacuums here with this trade because I agree with you, and I tweeted this out last night. Like this feels like a part one, definitely feels like a part one to whatever the greater plan is. And granted, that's very risky when you're when you're playing with trades uh, and you don't have a ton of free agency to rely on if your part two doesn't go through. It's pretty risky, especially at this late at this point in the game, given the all of the circumstances. But it does feel like a part one and. Um, Connor Falafel is a is a guy that does get a ton of a lot of contact. Doesn't walk a lot. Doesn't strike out a lot. A lot of contact. A lot of hits. And you know that's that's I, I've been asking for that. Like, give me something different in that's that lineup that actually can turn it over and uh, and and set up some guys for for additional power. Like, I that is a positive thing for me. Yeah. So his advanced metrics. He is not does not hit the ball hard below below average and average exit velocity and hard hit percentage slugging percentage and weighted on base percentage and barrel percentage and walk percentage below average in all those categories but 
He's in the top percentile for strikeout percentage and whiff percentage, which is very interesting in this lineup. When you think about, they don't need to add a power shortstop, right? Like they didn't need power out of that. Just like position. they don't need they have plenty. Just of like they power. don't need a ton of power out of the catcher position. <clears throat> Between obviously Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and um, and Joey Gallo, you're going to get a boatload of home and runs out of your outfield. And now Josh Donaldson and and depending on what they do with first base, even if it is Luke Voigt, he's another power hitter. So you didn't need another power hitter in, in the shortstop position. I'm not 100% sold that Kiner Falefa is is a great player. Like, I know he won the gold glove actually at third base for the Rangers in the COVID season. And then he had a so-so 2021. The Rangers, he was on his way out of town as soon as the Rangers made their big offseason signing with Corey Seager for shortstop. And they tra- and they they signed uh Simeon so so Kiner Falefa was was on the trade block immediately and then it's uh, it's kind of funny because he was traded to the twins at the beginning of the weekend and Yankee fans were like great we don't have to deal with with Kiner Falefa and then boom 48 it's more hours so great we're getting game. either Correa or Story and and we're gonna have a big shortstop just because so many fans are pining for this massive but shortstop like, if we think about what my offseason plan was to trade for Paul DeYoung is this that different? It's it's a it's a you know I when we were talking beforehand I I made the comparison to the DD trade because it does feel it's like it's a guy that you know about that's a little under the radar that Cashman believes is one of his gems. That's what I I think this is one of those things. Not he, there was a lot more <laughs> Cashman's gems. <laughs> there was precious. yeah, my precious gems. There was uh there was a lot more hype around around him because of the shortstop market I think this year and the fact that Corey Seager uh, was uh, was was is now in Texas, so I think his name became elevated in the Yankee uh, fan circles quite a bit, and that's why he's not as much of an unknown now because because of his name surfacing. But yeah, he feels like he feels like a uh, a guy. I, I don't I don't even know if you call this a bridge to a younger guy because he himself is a younger guy who has you know the majority of his career in front of him, and maybe there's flexibility there. Again, we don't know what's coming. But when you look at, and we'll get to the Josh Donaldson hate that there's a there's a massive storyline here with Josh Donaldson coming over and how people feel about him. But if you look at what the just thinking about this part one part two situation, as it stands, Josh Donaldson third base. We got um, IKF as the as the short. You have either I keep wanting to say IFK for the, some when you throw a K in the middle of it, it doesn't roll off the tongue. The IKF, yeah, yeah, IKF. It's the K and then another consonant. It just makes it hard. So then it's then second base. Uh, call short. Call first baseman uh, an unknown. We I think we all believe that there's going to be a new first baseman. So the question is: Is DJ LeMahieu playing second base or is Glaber playing second base? Because if Glaber's playing second base, does that mean DJ is playing first? Are they waiting for this situation to unfold in case they cannot get a first well, baseman and then DJ goes to first base? Because that's what I'm seeing. Otherwise. Cashman's top priority right now, from what it feels like, is trade Glaber. And everybody's staring at Oakland. See, I, I don't think so. Because I think now first base is opened up. And and Voight is not on the team. So you either sign Freddie well, Freeman. first base has always been open. You, first base has always been open. But where? But you have to look at where DJ. It was actually... You can't have was, a logjam with DJ and Glaber. Because now, there's a, now we have a third baseman. An everyday third baseman, if healthy, caveat. Yes, I, I I know that, but but also, 
you have to play for injury. You have to, you have to have some injury insurance and no one's going to like this, but I think they're thinking, Oh, Glaber can be a backup shortstop if need be. And then DJ can be second base, third base cover for some injuries, play first base one day a week. If you're DHing whoever you sign. And if you sign Freddie Freeman, obviously he's a, he's a hopefully 150 game a year player, but what if Rizzo is back? I mean, is, is anyone going to say like, oh, Rizzo needs to play seven days a week? No. So I think there's there's options for them at first base. I mean, Olsen, of course. And but Glaber Olsen's might not be a platoon trade. Who knows? Olsen's not a platoon either. But what I'm saying is I actually think I, I would – I am – Struggling to struggling to come I, up with something no. that makes sense for the second base logjam is what you're was what you're doing. No, I I think I mean it's still it's a massive logjam because the there's infield. no more third base to go it's, to, and that's the biggest that's the biggest piece for me. If Gio Urshela was we were coming in and Gio was a third baseman, okay, you could have DJ over there as well. Like that's not an everyday third baseman per se. Josh Donaldson is an everyday third baseman now. Like that guy is coming in, you're paying him twenty one and a half million dollars a year, which which like blow, blew my mind when the Yankees were like, oh yeah, no problem. We'll take that $20 million salary after being so, speaking of being precious about dollars the last couple of years, like Josh Donaldson, a 36-year-old third baseman this who was, couldn't throw was, across the diamond this two splash. years ago. It was for, it was for this freaking wild. Just, it was just saving up for the but Donaldson move. Yeah, they're over the first. Massive logjam still. Massive logjam. Below, below the second. Okay, fine. Massive logjam. So you trade Glaber, and then you have DJ as your starting second baseman, and you have to sign a first yes. baseman. And then maybe Luke Voigt's still on the roster. Maybe he's not still on the roster. Frankly, who cares? But, but that's how you make you make Glaber part of the part of the solution at first base. If you make Glaber part of the solution at first base, which I do believe is 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 if this if we're playing Cashman right now and looking at how the jigsaw puzzle is is uh, the pieces are on the side and they're being laid down. When you're looking at trade pieces that are major league ready, if a, if a club is looking for that, Glaber. Glaber's the guy. Glaber's the guy that you're looking directly at who has the most potential if, if uh, of the everyday guys that you're willing to get rid of for a first baseman. And then you have to load it with prospects. Still can't get away with lo- not loading it with prospects because Glaber's value has decreased so significantly you have to still load it with prospects, and that's just the that's just the price that they're going to have to pay for a guy like Olson. Unless they're saying that DJ and Voight are going to be our first two baseman. right-handed bats as a platoon. Awesome, can't wait for that. I mean the whole the whole lineup is still right-handed. I know this new catcher Rortvet is a left-handed he can't bat, hit but the backside he's not of much a of a bat from what we can tell yeah. so far. And he he's going to be platooning with Higgy. Are the reports lefty-righty platoon? At the catcher spot, fine, whatever. Like these are two backup catchers that they're having, which I'm not opposed to. Defense, Again, they're I'm not opposed they're, to. Because defense Gary, first is, is what's happening. Gary Sanchez was a distraction. Okay, so they removed a distraction from the roster, which I think can be addition by subtraction. But you're not getting offense out of the catcher position, and other than Joey Gallo, there's no left-handed hitting in this in this lineup. Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks, switch hitter, How, extraordinary. Okay. What? How many games is he gonna play? Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask. You, play, let's let's do a little uh, little scenario here. So Brian Cashman goes to Garrett Cole a week ago. Garrett, are you okay with us trading Gary Sanchez? Garrett Cole's looking <laughs> like the, does the exact same laugh. I don't even think that question gets asked. No, no, he, he asked the question. He asked the question. Cole. But here's the but: Josh Donaldson's got to be on the team if Gary Sanchez is not not on the team. 
So now one of the guys that you hate the most of all, in all the land is now going to be handing you the ball from third base after it is thrown around the horn every single time. You know what? While we're at it, just add in D-bags to the roster. Bring in Carlos Correa. <laughs> so th- here's the difference. There's a big difference here. There's a lot of comparisons between like Josh Donaldson. I can't hate Josh Donaldson. What's the difference with Correa? There's a massive difference between Josh Donaldson hate and Carlos yeah. Correa hate. Carlos Correa hate is rooted in deception and lies and just like makes my skin boil. Josh Donaldson is an asshole. He's an asshole that was on everybody else's team and he was always an asshole and he always could hit and he was always an asshole. There's difference. Like if you're an asshole on another team that wasn't really a big rival, he he wasn't ever on a team or had a, a, as much success on another team that like really got into the Yankee into the Yankee fan postseason um, like into our heads at all. Like he was never an enemy. He was just a dick. <laughs> he was just like one of those guys. So he was I'm cocky, fine with that, and especially when he was with Toronto and he was playing like an MVP. He was super yeah. arrogant. Oh, he's arrogant as all hell. That, that he's arrogant people. as all hell, and he. But doesn't he strike? He was outspoken about Garrett strike? Cole and the sticky stuff and all of that. Fine, right. good. He was. You know what Absolutely. he was doing? He was actually kind of talking the truth, getting under yeah. the skin, and getting he under the getting skin, under right. the skin of the opposing player. He's, an, he's agitator. an agitator, and when that player, when that, when the agitator is on your sideline, it can be yes. a good thing. And all this takes is a ten minute conversation in the clubhouse. They're gonna make up. It's gonna be fine. Like. Carlos Correa. That was is between a the lines stuff. Altogether. That was just between the line stuff. That is that stuff goes away feel, quickly. Aaron, like Aaron Judge has to look at would have to look at Carlos Correa in the clubhouse and know that Carlos Correa and his teammates potentially robbed them of something. And that is completely different than just like he called me out to the media and he was a yes. dick. Like it's just totally yes. different. Yeah. So I, I I can I will get I'm already past it. Like the Josh Donaldson thing. Like I didn't like him as I was past it after that series. Did you think about Josh Donaldson after no, that one series but that, in June? But I'm talking about happened? the feelings that you have for a Josh Donaldson player. Like that kind of player. I'm done. Right. It, it doesn't matter. Like that is just he's like you said an agitator. He's someone who's a very annoying player when you're going against him. But I got no like deep rooted hate for Josh Donaldson. I, I, I he's a he's an annoying agitator who is on the other team, uh, just running his mouth. Fine. Now he's on this team and he's gonna be an agitator. And you know what? He is gonna bring a little bit of an edge. He definitely has an edge to him. Brings an edge to this Yankee Yankee clubhouse if he's still on the team. Which I said last night, it feels like an expiring contract. I know there's two years left on the deal. Um, but it does feel like that type of NBA, like exploded, expiring contract, like he's going to get moved again. Uh, I, I think I've come back from that. I don't think that's that's necessarily going to happen. But th- if the guy's healthy, and I understand he's 36 years old, there's he no guarantee hit. there. He can hit. He's a he can rake. Like I'm looking. Okay, <laughs> he can still hit. 2021 MLB Statcast rankings. 99th percentile average exit velocity, 93rd percentile max exit velocity, 95th for hard hit percentage, 92nd for expected weighted on base percentage, 73rd for expected batting average, 92nd for expected slugging percentage, 95th for barrel percentage, 94th for walk percentage. He can still hit. Nelson Cruz just got signed as a 42-year-old man for the Nationals because of the because he because can of the still expanded hit. DH. When these guys are healthy, they can hit. So it is a – he stayed healthy last year. Did he have a big 2019? Is that what it was? Well, when he was he, – didn't he win comeback? Yeah, because he was with Toronto. Place. He couldn't throw the ball across the field. Like he had arm elbow issues or shoulder issues, something. He, he had – yeah, he had he – had He legitimately injuries. could not throw the ball. Yeah. He could, listen, 
Could Josh Donaldson play 50 games and then we yes. never see him again? Certainly. For like, sure. Like, of course. Is Troy Tulowitzki still that out possibility there? possibility is still there. <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki ain't walking through that door, except he kind of is in the form of Josh Donaldson. No, but like, yes, he, he won comeback player of the year with the Braves, and then he got a big offseason contract with the Twins, and he's been okay in Minnesota. I, I agree with you. The money is interesting. Because the Yankees are adding $21.5 million in payroll. Which has, so which has been over like the first poison year. over the past few years. Poison, adding any salary. So there, Sweeney Murdy tweeted this out after the deal went down last night. The Yankees' luxury tax payroll is at $242 million right now. The new thresholds per the new CBA is 230 for the first one. So they're above the first threshold. But they're below the second threshold of 250 It would be weird to me. If this is where their payroll ends, right? Like, okay, you're going to go over the first tax for Josh Donaldson? That doesn't make any sense to me. Another move has to be coming. Another move in the, in the form of a first baseman who's going to cost you 20-something, 30-something million dollars. Because if you're going to do this, just stay under the luxury tax. I uh, I'm, I still think a, a catcher move is going to be made. I I certainly don't believe that this is the the pair that you're going in with. What kind of catcher move? Like like there's no catchers available. Like what are you talking about a catcher move? I I I, I know I could see a trade happening. I could see I could see a trade happening in some capacity to bring on another veteran guy. That's what I, I'm looking for. Okay, fine. So so you add another veteran guy. That's not going to be big payroll dollars. So it's going to be a few million bucks. That's not going to swing things one way or the other. The thing that's going to swing the payroll is a potential first baseman. That's what's going to swing it. Sorry, I got a plane going over my head. Uh, and I don't know if you can hear me, but the, um, yeah, no, I agree. There's, there's a possible catcher solution in Oakland. There's a possible catcher solution in Chicago. There's a couple of different opportunities that, that have been looked at for, for trade uh, potential. I'm just saying this this kid that we uh Rortvet Rortvet is that right? Rortvet Rortvet Look you go to his baseball reference page he has hit nowhere nowhere no, not not in low A not in high A not in not in double A n- nowhere he was he had a Chase Headley sure he, hit he had like league. Chase Headley like OPS and slugging percentage when he played 39 games with Minnesota. Understand, not a large sample size, but when you look deep into the numbers, he's a very much a defensive catcher. And that's fine. If you are prioritizing defense over offense in the catcher position, I'm fine with that. But I do believe, and, and you know, Heggie's got some pop. Whenever he touches the ball, it usually goes out. It's either a strikeout or a home run. So you're you're getting a little bit of something there. Obviously, Higgy knows the, the pitching staff, and you're, you have that familiarity. The Tanner Swanson angle, I think, is interesting. He came over from Minnesota, uh, and, and Rortvet's been there. I think he was a second-round pick in 2016. So he's familiar. He knows the, the player. He obviously had some things to say about Gary Sanchez to Minnesota that allowed that to go through as well. And apparently, by the way, poor Gary Sanchez. He's going over there and all, all, already splitting time with with uh, with whomever's there now after Garver got traded away. So Gary Sanchez is not an unknown quantity. Um, the league knows who he is. And the appropriate yeah, uh, value was given. But Tanner Swanson obviously signed off Gary on this Sanchez guy. Anymore. We don't have to worry about Gary Sanchez anymore. And for me, that's a positive because the Yankees weren't going to commit to him. And this is the last year of his arbitration anyway. So fine. They moved on from Gary Sanchez a year back early a year early or or way too late well no no no. what i'm saying is that he wasn't going to be here past this year anyway 
Oh, we for agree? sure. I'm again surprised he so, was here this year. wasn't and clearly wasn't in the plans. But they they did. We have to acknowledge that they completely screwed up the Bear, Gary Sanchez thing. Whether he performed or not, oh yeah. They also got rid of him at the wrong time and got practically, you know, not a lot, not a lot for him. You could say that this this trade was was a shortstop for a catcher. And if you're going by those standards, and the Yankees needed a shortstop, like okay, that they did get a decent shortstop back, but. You know, I mean, there were there were early rumors of Gary Sanchez not being not being tradable for anybody, and and this is this is where we we end with with the Gary Sanchez experiment. And now the last thing I want to say here is that the Carlos Correa market is very interesting because now people are saying that because the teams have dwindled that are going to be potentially in on Carlos Correa's free agency that he could be looking at a short term deal. So does that open the Yankees up? To him, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I I thought it was unrealistic anyway, whether they traded for IKF or not. It's just interesting. Something else is going to happen. So I, I think it, I think it I'm opens up, and and all some of the reports early. Who again? Reports I, I hold no weight with them, uh, but that he's talking to Houston again, which makes a lot of sense to be honest. Like punt the year, have a good year, and then go back out and uh, and and be the. You know, big shortstop on the on the market once again in a very in a much more normal offseason. I could see that happening. Trevor Story, same thing. The bottom line, the bottom line for me is this: something else has to happen because the 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 roster is still incomplete, and the money adding Josh Donaldson money and not doing something else makes no sense fundamentally. So something else in my mind has to happen, or else this is a failure of an offseason. So that's why I think something else is going to happen. That's why I'm expecting to be back doing another emergency episode in the next three days, yeah. call it. Anything else you want to well, touch Well, Tim LaCastro. Tim LaCastro's a New York Yankee. I can't believe you forgot about that. Unbelievable. Wee. But you get uh, some, what do they say, top top three straight line speed in the major leagues? <laughs> I don't know. What that, <laughs> because baseball, I guess stealing bases is about straight line well, speed. Well, you, you when, can when ask Brett Gardner about... that question, which is interesting. Because to me, if you're looking at a Tim LaCastro – now being signed, does this put to bed the Brett Gardner potential of a reunion? It's never, never put, put to bed. bed. Brett Gardner is never put to bed with the Yankees. I'm always open to the possibility of him being back in the Castro is a is a, obviously a speed demon. The guy can play defense. He can play different positions. So if you're looking at him as a platoon outfielder for defensive purposes, a guy who could steal bases, kind of like what I was saying with with uh, with Tyler Wade all these years, one of the last guys on the bench who can come in, pinch run uh, in in a in a pinch, if you will, and then play defense well in the outfield. I like I want that kind of guy on the team. That that is a valuable guy. Well, they need that. Yeah. they need outfield defense. So there's that's a that's a that's a good signing if he's if he's there. You know, went to I think he went to Ithaca. He's a Yankee. We're bringing you're just bringing in Yankees fans at this point. Josh Donaldson talking about how uh, you know there was some old footage of of uh, of him. Talking with uh, uh, Yes Network about loving Mickey Mantle, being a Derek Jeter guy. IKF, first tweet he comes out with, I idolize yeah. Derek Jeter. I want to be like number Genius. two. Genius. Great. <laughs> so, but that's like the biggest cliche thing whenever get, someone gets traded or signs with the Yankees. It's like, oh, I grew yeah. up a Yankees fan. I grew up, I grew up idolizing Perfect. the Yankees. No one says that when they get traded to the Royals. No, they don't. Do you think having Garrett Cole as, as an angry Garrett Cole because of Josh Donaldson is a better thing. I do. I, I, I just don't think he's going to be angry because of this move. I don't like, No, but I think that Josh Donaldson at any an moment could, could say something to him on the field to piss him off. And I like that. Or Josh Donaldson could get under the opposing. Yeah. Well, he could do skin both. And he, 
he yeah, he's an great. agitating mother effer. Like this this guy yeah. this guy knows how to work the the shit talking game. He does. There's no doubt about it. He's a great AD bag. <laughs> yeah. He is top top tier <laughs> D. And sometimes that's okay. okay to have that guy on your team if he's not. And you, I could get around that. It's an art form. It's a bit of an art form to be that unlikable in every other fan base. Because you know that wherever he went, they're like, oh man, Josh Donaldson, all right. Like we all know he can hit, but now he's 36 years old. It's a little bit of a tougher pill to swallow. So we'll see, but you know, pinstripes, baby, as long rejuvenation. As performing on this, the is field, your, this is a new life now. As long as he's performing on the field, he can be a D-bag. When you're a D-bag and you suck on the field, then it's, a, then it's tough. It's a tough look. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Scott and I will be back on Wednesday unless something else breaks between now and Wednesday. We're going to be doing Wednesday episodes for the remainder of spring training, and then we will start for the regular season. I know we're going to do our ALEs preview episodes leading up to opening day, and then we'll be on a three-day-a-week schedule for the most part during the season. Very excited about uh, about that, and it's going to be things are going to move quick because spring training is short, and opening day is less than a month. So stay tuned for all that stuff. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.